Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, I've got great news for you. The listing that we've had for sale for four months has finally gone into contract. Yes, finally, we did it. But here's the problem. What's that? The buyer's home inspector Mm -hmm. is the home inspector that has the bedside manner of a bull in a china shop. Oh, no. Who likes to make the tiniest little problem sound like the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And this is the home inspector this buyer's agent chose for that buyer. He's going to blow it up. I just know it. Exactly. So listeners, you've ever had that happen? Maybe you're on one side of the transaction or the other, where the home inspector, frankly, again, as the bedside manner of a bull in a china shop, does not know how to explain to the buyer's or the buyer's agents for that matter, how to, you know, essentially uh, comprehend the home inspection report. When you are going, when you get into the mode of selling more real estate in a market like this, where home inspections happen on every house that's for sale, even new construction oftentimes, you're going to find the inexperienced home inspector. Oh yeah, you think you had it licked because you learned how to be a listing agent. Hmm, you thought so. You priced it right. You conditioned it right. You did all your marketing great. Everything got the listing finally in contract. And now here's this home inspector that went to a night course, you know, six months ago, who has not been doing very many home inspections because the market was, you know, in such a way that no one was asking for home inspections. Mm-hmm. The buyer said to buy without a home inspection. Finally, he's come out from underneath his bridge. <laughs> right. And he's finally working. Yes. And he has no experience with how to actually talk with sellers, talk with buyers, and keep deals together. So what we're going to be preparing you for today on today's show, and this is just an overview of the uh, of the actual coaching you receive mm-hmm. at Premier Coaching, is how to never lose a deal to a home inspection. Exactly. How do you still make it to the closing table? Well, agents fall into two categories on this issue. Which one are you? Number one, experienced agents who have a Swiss army knife of solutions that they can deploy to keep buyers and sellers happy and still make it to closing. They don't panic. They just solve the problem. And by the way, the solution is if you're on the listing agent side of things, just going to the buyer agent and this is not the solution and saying, let's just split the cost. No. Okay. And the solution is if you're on the buyer agent side of things, taking the list of all the things the home inspector found, and then just assuming that the seller is going to fix all of those things. And then you decide to put some inflated price to what the repairs will actually cost. That is also going to lose the deal. So pay attention as Julie and I go through these notes. Mm-hmm. These notes are available for you. Just scroll down. They're at the end of the show description. Most times we can include all the notes from the show description. And when you're there, you're going to see there's a link to join Premier Coaching. Premier Coaching is arguably the nation's number one selling coaching program. Why? Because so many agents want to know how to not just survive, but thrive because of this market. So the links to join Premier Coaching for free are down below. Don't waste any time. Don't procrastinate yesterday's podcast. Yeah. And just click the link to join Premier Coaching. And again, it's free for the first 30 days. And yes, that includes a daily semi-private coaching call, or you can just go to premiercoaching.com. That's right. So remember, agents fall into one of two categories. The first one was the experienced agent with all of these solutions. And, you know, they're pretty comfortable dealing with inspections. But you might be in the second category, agents and brokers who may be experienced in working with buyers and sellers, but don't have that much experience negotiating home inspections. 
because they haven't really had to in a hot seller's market of the past basically decade, where sellers could just say, nope, take it or leave it. I've got three other offers. Or worse, no inspection at all if you want to buy it. You know, inspections were waived entirely for a while. And I have to say, though, a lot of more experienced agents, especially agents that were in the uh, market during the real estate correction, 07, 08, 09, yes. well, they knew how to use home inspections to renegotiate the contract with the oh, seller. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of you are, especially if you're new listing agents and you're dealing with an agent that's been in the market for a while, they are going to be laying in the tall grass for you, and we're going to talk about that when we get to that point. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a lot of drill down on that. So whether you're in the first category or the second category, these points will help you navigate your toughest inspections. Here's a fact. Buyers are getting more control of the transaction, and home inspections are happening again. So are home inspection negotiations. Worst case scenario, this becomes, as Tim just mentioned, a secondary point of negotiation. As in the price of the house. And that, that could blow up the deal, especially if that seller was a little cantankerous to get him to the table in the first place, or the buyer, or most likely, in most cases, both. That's right. So everything could be on the table, including the purchase price, concessions from either or both sides, and even the deal itself. This is a critical skill to improve upon so that you'll virtually never lose a deal due to failing the home inspection item. So we're going to talk about what to do when you get that big grocery list of what the buyer wants fixed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, number one, listing agents. Consider having seller's coverage from a trusted home warranty company at the time you take the listing. Many items will be covered, including the HVAC system, plumbing, and electric, and the cost isn't even paid until closing. This is going to help with minor but common issues. Okay, so you said something there, and I want to make sure they're understanding. Again, today's show's notes are there. When you list a house, from now on, especially you know, like for at least the next 10 years, you need to have with you, and your, the listing contract is signed, the price is on the listing contract, you've got all the agency forms signed, it's a done deal to your listing. You need to then strongly encourage the seller to buy American Home Shield Warranty or whatever company, and Julie and I are not affiliated with them professionally, but it's the one we always use and recommend other agents to use. They do pay you a commission, by the way. I think it's like of 85 bucks or something. Mm -hmm. So you get the seller to buy an American Home Shield Warranty uh, while the house is for sale. Yeah. That way it covers the listing agent, or I'm sorry, it covers the seller for any repairs, any major repairs that might come up during the buyer's home inspection. But we even have a better idea, which I'm assuming Julie's going to get to next, of having the house pre-inspected. But the other advantage to you when using that home warranty is that you're going to be able to leave the home warranty on the kitchen counter so that prospective buyer and buyer's agent could see that when they buy that house, guess what? It's already covered by a home warranty. They don't have to really sweat having, uh, you know, worrying about whether or not they're going to be able to negotiate for the home warranty in the first place. And here's the other little magical thing that might happen is in some cases, the buyer will be happy. Uh, with just the fact that there's a home warranty on the house and won't even want to have it inspected. That's right. And a lot of you guys don't know a single thing about home warranties because they were all deleted from the contract in the previous hot seller's market. So talk to your broker, get some information. In the show notes, we have an article from Forbes that actually uh, compares the home warranty companies for you. So don't oh, cool. ignore that. Good yep. job. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Number two, buyer's agents. Counsel your buyer about what is actually appropriate versus inappropriate to request in a home inspection remedy. Safety and security items and health risks are typically appropriate. Cosmetic items typically are not. The philosophy on that is cosmetic items were seen during the time of the showing and you wanted to buy it anyway, so don't ask them to change the wallpaper or the tile. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, note, with all home inspections, the results will be one of these four outcomes. 
And remember, don't give up. There's always a way to keep the deal together. Why don't you go get some water? All right, so I'm going to interject here, right? So buyers, when you're don't give up, there are always ways to keep the deal together. For First of all, the solution uh, in some cases, if it's a hot, uh, if that listing was particularly desirable and you had a lot of offers on it, is basically you could explain to the buyer that, you know, really we have other offers in there and, you know, we're it's essentially a take it or leave it type deal. And, you know, the next solution, and this isn't a great solution, four different outcomes, would be the seller just says yes to everything. If you, everything is just tighten a doorknob and, you know, fix a loose handrail, well, no big deal. That should have been something that was done prior. The next possible solution, obviously, seller gives the buyer money to do the repairs themselves based on the estimates. And then uh, letter D, and these are all in Julie's notes, is some combination of the above possibilities of repair plus some money. Now, I will suggest to you, and this is a good place to interject this, Julie, if this is one of your future points, we'll just Make okay. It, okay. Is have the house pre-inspected when after the listing contract signed, after the seller's net sheet is signed, all that. Have the house pre-inspected. Have the repairs that the inspector finds done prior to the buyer seeing the house. So when the buyer walks into the house, you guys see what I'm doing here? I'm trying to head off problems. When the buyer walks into the house, they're going to see the home warranty. They're also going to see the inspection was done. They're also going to see there next to the inspection, the list of repairs that were done. That is going to make that buyer obviously see your house as an advantage. Definitely. So at your listing. So if you're competing against five or six other listings, maybe even new construction, and one of the things that the buyer's worried about is the condition of the property, you've just removed that um, that issue. Now, some of them are still going to want to have their home, uh, their home inspections done, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, it's their cost. But at the very least, you're going to have had the seller uh, fix the house prior to the house actually being you know, for sale. Because the problem is, in any market, the home inspector, as I was sort of making fun of at the top of today's show, might have the bedside manner of a box of rocks. It might actually freak the buyer out to the extent that the buyer walks away just because the buyer doesn't know anything about, you know, all these doomy yep. and gloomy things that the, the buyer or that the home inspector. So inexperienced home inspectors will try to validate or maybe even substantiate their 500 or 800 bucks they're charging for that home inspection by finding things and then being very dramatic about them. Mm -hmm. Agents do this as well when they're negotiating. They bring unnecessary drama to the transaction that nobody wants. Home inspectors are guilty of that as well. And so uh, that's the reason we want you to have the house pre-inspected and pre-repaired, anticipating an inexperienced, frankly, home inspector, maybe even an inexperienced buyer, and probably an inexperienced buyer's agent. Well, and even, you know, some of them that are experienced, remember the home inspector gets paid whether you close or not. So if they're just somebody that's super nitpicky and that freaks out the buyer, you know, you're, what you've been talking about, these are really important points for listing agents to be proactive before the home inspection actually happens. And to your point, sometimes you can prevent it from, from even having to go through that. If you not only have it inspected, remedy the items, and present a copy of all of the receipts, this is more uh, especially important on older homes because, you know, a buyer goes down and sees, oh my gosh, the furnace is 20 years old. It's the end of the world and I'm going to have to spend $10,000 to fix it. Let's give them some advanced coaching on this. And I want mm -hmm. you guys to follow along. Uh, is that you're having a lot of times you're going to have, like, say, for example, it's an older house. Let's say, for example, older houses always need repairs because they do. Well, you're going to, let's say you don't take any of our coaching here and you decide to put this house for sale. You wait for the buyer to have their buyer home inspector come through and the buyer's home inspector finds out that there's a furnace issue, that there's all these other miscellaneous issues that the seller could legitimately say they didn't know about at the time when they filled out the the, the uh, property um 
property conditions disclosure. report. Yeah. yeah, the property disclosure. So the seller, when they were when you were taking the listing and they were filling out the property disclosure, they didn't know anything was wrong with the this or that and the other thing. But now the buyers had the house inspected and the seller can't say um, that they did not know about the condition of the property. So now what's going to happen is you put the house in contract. It's in contract. Everything's you know great. You're going to hopefully close in 60 days or less. Buyer has the house inspected. Buyer's home inspector essentially comes up with this long grocery list of things that the seller you know, says or maybe legitimately didn't know around with the property. Then they're going to have to go back and they're going to have to amend the uh, property I, disclosure, disclosure. disclosure form. And you're going to need to explain that to the seller. So that's the reason that you want to have the house pre-inspected so that you can get those repairs done. Otherwise, if the buyer who then has gone through the paces decides to back out of the contract, you now have a house that's hypothetically less marketable because that um, home disclosure form is now having to be edited. And guess what? That seller's going to have to do, do those repairs right. either prior to putting it back for sale, looking for a new buyer, or when that new buyer decides to read the home inspection or has the house inspected, wash, rinse, repeat. You guys get it? So head all this off of the pass by getting it done ahead of time. That's the professional way to operate in this market. That's right. Now we're going to switch to the buyer side of the contract now. Buyer's agents, when presenting the home inspection to your buyers, or maybe the home inspector sends it to them, but what you're supposed to do here is simply ask them what they think. Don't go into agent drama. Oh my gosh, did you see this and see that? And we're going to have to ask for this and put your groceries list together. It's not your job to have an opinion, to be an expert, or to play home inspector. Okay, you said two big things in there. Number yep. one, I, this wasn't directly to that statement, but this is where my mind went. Mm -hmm. um, when you're, if you, let's just say you're not an experienced agent in the sense that you're not used to dealing with home inspectors, go to the top listing agents in your marketplace, go to the MLS, find out who the top listing agents are in your marketplace by seeing who's actually, you know, sold listings, and ask them who their preferred home inspector is. Use that home inspector. Yes, top tip for Cause, sure. Because that home inspector has good bad side manner. We're not saying use a home inspector that's a crappy home inspector that doesn't find things. No. We're not saying that. We're saying find the home inspector that find things. And, and obviously an experienced home inspector is going to find even more things than an experienced home inspector inexperienced would. But they're also then going to know how to explain it to the buyers, explain it to the buyer's agents, and maybe even to your seller. That bedside manner, that skill is something that very few home inspectors ever have, but certainly won't have coming out of this booming seller's market. So those are all things you want to keep in mind when you are actually you know, moving down the path of getting, you know, selling real estate in this market. Yes, but this, this point on the buyer agent side is don't you as a buyer's agent become part of the drama. Sometimes what you're freaking out about might not be of any concern to the buyer. Maybe the buyer is a part-time handyman and is not even slightly concerned about any of these minor things. And yet you, the buyer's agent, feel like you have to earn your commission by you know, going into drama. Well, sometimes when we were selling real estate, we would have 10, 15, 20 homes in contract. And usually it was 50-50, 50 listings, 50 or 50% 50 listings, 50% mm -hmm. buyers. And so one of the things Julie learned when we were representing our sellers is that when we get home inspection reports in, there was always, and any experienced agent would send over the home inspection report, ask for everything to be repaired. That's yeah. what they always do. Okay. And so what uh, we would, what Julie learned to do, frankly, is she would just send the home inspection report over to the seller and say, let me know what you think. Uh, that was the entire, that was the entire <laughs> script. It yeah. wasn't a, we need to sit down and have coffee and talk about your furnace. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's amazing is how that goes. And I think that I originally learned that strategy from Rory. He, he said, 
Just our, send it over and shut up. Our, our first broker, right. That's right. And so one of several things happens. Sometimes the seller will say, oh yeah, I knew about all that stuff. I'm fixing it. And you know, here's XYZ companies taking care of this and I'll have all the receipts by Friday. And I was always so relieved when that happened. Oh, that's fantastic. I can just send that response over. And the other uh, thing that sometimes is, well, you know, we were planning on doing this, but not that. Can we negotiate it? So listing agents, number four, point number four, know what's actually a deal killer and what's just a request. Again, focusing on safety items is the rule of thumb here. If the HVAC just doesn't work, well, that's a reasonable request. But if the buyer's asking for new window coverings, stuff like that, that's pretty unrealistic. It's cosmetic and it was not the point of the home inspection. So know the difference. And then number five, listing agents respond in a timely way with a reasonable response. Factors for you and the seller to consider when deciding how to respond. So here's kind of going through a little checklist here. It is worth drilling down again, just repeating this. The way to deal with home inspectors, on home inspection reports from buyer's agents on the listing side is send the entire home inspection report. I know we just said this, but it's really worth understanding. Send that all over to your sellers and just say, let me know what you think. Because as Julie just said, nine times out of 10, they're going to do all the repairs. Where agents screw up is they call up and they bring all this drama to the table. They then say they're going to get three bids. They're going to go through all this Mickey Mouse. Or the reality of it is the seller is more than happy to fix those things by themselves mm -hmm. because they have Bob the Handyman is going to do the work. Remove drama from your approach when dealing with customers and you'll find that you'll make the customers much happier and you frankly will make a lot more money. Yes. Steady Eddie here. Okay. So listing agents, stuff to think about when you're, you know, let's say you do have something big you've got to negotiate. Well, here's a checklist. Is the buyer paying list price or over list price or did the seller take significantly less than list price? How your seller reacts should take the price into consideration. So for example- Well, list price, not yeah. not the original list price. The final list the, price. The final list price, because you guys are now doing price reductions. Mm -hmm. That's right. So for example, if the buyer is in contract at or over the list price, has a super strong lender letter, or is all cash, the seller probably should be more willing to give in a bit on inspections. We want to keep that really strong buyer around, don't we? But if the buyer came in really low and the seller ended up coming down in price, usually the seller is less likely to also give in on inspection items. See, this, how it went in the front end of the negotiation can color how you handle this secondary negotiation. We talked about this at the top of the show. This is where I should interject this again. If you're a listing agent, you're not experienced, you haven't sold in, uh, frankly, a transitioning or what in some markets will be more of a buyer's market, here's what the agents are going to do, especially the more experienced ones. They might agree to pay close to list or over list price because their intent, because the seller is going to be all, oh, we finally got it sold. We can pack our boxes. We're moving on with life yep. because that buyer's agent, who again, who is experienced, it knows that they're going to open up the can of whoop ass on the seller when it comes to actually the home inspection. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a bunch of stuff that's going to come up in the home inspection that's going to equal some cases a lot of money. And the buyer's agent is going to insist that the, all that stuff be done. So they actually paid what appeared to be a higher price just to beat out any competing offers, knowing full well that they were going to negotiate when it came to the home inspection. A lot of investors do that as well. So mm -hmm. that is okay, but just be aware that that could actually happen and prepare your seller for that. That's right. So another question is, does the buyer actually have other options they can buy if they walk away? Or is this the only home on the market or close to it? 
Uh, next thing is, was the seller going to fix some of those items anyway before closing? We talked about that. Are there any warranties on any of the items? New construction, by the way, often has builder warranties that can last up to 10 years on different things. It's foundations are usually like foundations 20, aren't they? Foundations and yeah. roofs, you know, stuff like that. So you need to find out. Find out when you take the listing, listing agents. And if you don't know, if you're on the buyer side, you can ask those questions. But it is interesting, though, that very few things have warranties that go past maybe 24 or 36 months, especially yes. even on new construction. And if you, it, this is also a fascinating observation, Julie. When we started selling real estate, the expectation was a roof was going to last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Now the expectation in most of the country is the roofs are going to last 10 or 12 years. Mm -hmm. Same goes with major appliances. Same goes with furnaces and air, you know, air conditioners and all the rest of it. The only thing that really seems to, you know, obviously the, the, the actual structure of the house is something that's going to last decades. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to, again, this all goes back. The smart move is to put a home warranty on it right when you list the 100%. property. 100%. And have it pre-inspected. Then you're going to save all these downrange problems. At least most of them, yes. Okay, so the next uh, thing to consider, what is the total value of the items requested? Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes you have to get estimates. But you need to actually know how much you're talking about. Especially if you're, you know, your seller's considering just rejecting it. Well, maybe fixing everything on the list is going to cost like 1500 bucks. That would be a dumb move, right? So would the seller offer the buyer money or concessions to fix the items versus hassling with the repairs themselves? If it's a big ticket, estimates might be needed. Average several of those estimates to see what's realistic or not. Sometimes sellers want to say no out of the hassle factor, not out of the expenditure. Sometimes being almost always they want to say no because they don't want to screw around with it. But do not be lazy with your uh, negotiating and just basically uh, dip into your own commission to pay for the home inspection issues that the seller should have fixed in the first place. The fact that their you know, bathroom faucet is leaking should not come out of your pocket. It's not your bathroom faucet. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Can the seller fix the big items and deny the rest without jeopardizing the deal? That's especially true when it's a list of 20 things, and clearly the buyer agent put it together just making a grocery list going one through 20 from the inspection. This well, next, this next point's yes. huge, Julie. Okay, so next point, if the buyer is FHA or VA, the seller may be required to fix certain things, as in you can't negotiate that if you want to keep the buyer. All right, let's explain this. Not, not by the home inspector, but by the FHA or VA appraiser. Okay, now you have a normal transaction where someone's not getting FHA, VA financing. They're going to go through, let's say they're getting the home inspected, everything's fine, It's the, as we've just described it. Now, if they're getting FHA or VA financing, I think actually it's USDA too, mm -hmm. what's going to be required is the home is going to be uh, appraised. But the appraiser, when working for one of those agencies, their appraiser, their appraisal is also going to be mark, or essentially doing a low-level home inspection. And they're going to go and find flaws with the property that would adversely affect the government's investing in this particular property. You know, They have a lot of power over the deal. And here's the thing that a lot of you guys don't know. Once that appraisal is on the property, even if the deal blows up, that appraisal follows the property. So if the v if the next buyer comes around, and some of you are dealing with nothing but other than VA and FHA and all the rest of it, that appraisal who now said the house is worth 350 and let's say the for whatever reason that the seller was said, I'm not going to do these repairs for this, you know, I I'll just wait around for a non-FHA buyer. 
Well, guess what? The next buyer's FHA as well. And now that appraisal was done and it's in the system as being worth $350, you are not going to, and there were repairs that were supposed to be done. That follows the that that particular house. I think it's for up to six months. I think it is six months too. Yeah. So, you know, saying no, it really doesn't do any benefit here. You're going to lose the buyer and end up having to do it again anyway. And you got to explain that to your seller. You have to explain that if you accept the FHA VA, which in many markets, it's frankly the best kind of deals to accept. You're going to want to go back to our point number one, have the house pre-inspected, put a home warranty on it, do the repairs ahead of time, because that appraiser is going to find the flaws to the property and the seller is going to end up having to fix them. They're not going to be able to play hardball with that or probably any other buyer. Yes. And if especially if you believe that you're in an FHA price range with this listing, Things that you should get in front of regardless, uh, some favorites of the FHA and VA appraisers to pick on are things like handrails along stair steps, because that's a safety issue, locks on the windows to work properly, and access to crawl spaces. This hits really hard in older markets where the house was built in like 1920, and the locks on the windows don't work that well. You know, like the old wood windows where you put them up and they instantly fall down. You're going to fail that with an FHA or it's a VA. Way, it's the, some of the things they'll find are just crazy. Like, for example, um, if, the, if the driveway, or I'm sorry, the sidewalk leading up to the house uneven, yeah. is uneven, you have to fix that. If the, it is really a major pain in the butt. Oh, my gosh. Then you get into electrical issues. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, but it's, and not just on older houses, but especially older houses. Take a walk around with your seller and ask yourself, if you were worried about safety, you know, think about elderly people. Think about, you know, two-year-olds walking around learning how to walk. Safety issues, you've got to remedy those before you are forced to. In the country, there's no doubt you're going to see more FHA, more VA, more Fannie Mae, more Freddie Mac. You're going to see the government's going to step into the breach with these higher interest rates. And that is absolutely positively what's going to happen. So you're going to have to get used to whether you're on the buyer's agent side of things. Like if you're on the buyer's agent side of things and your buyer's doing an FHA deal or a VA or I suspect USDA, and uh, guess what? The appraisal uh, comes back and says that all these repairs are done. If you didn't prepare your buyer for the ramifications of the appraiser now wanting to have the seller set aside you know, $10,000 to replace the roof because it's, you know, older by six months or whatever, you're going to lose that buyer. You're going to lose that deal. You're going to have to become more educated in this marketplace. But I don't want you to feel overwhelmed or frankly worried about all this additional information we're exposing you to. I want you to see it for what it truly is. It's an unfair advantage to you. Being frankly, knowing some of these things or knowing how to access these things in case you need them, that would be our premier coaching program, gives you an unfair advantage in the marketplace. You're going to be able to do deals, have conversations with people that other agents can't. That's how you, guys, that's how you move ahead faster. Exactly. Okay, point number six, buyer's agents, when the seller bounces back a response to your request, accept or counter with a reasonable response in reasonable time. Your job is to keep the deal alive no matter what. And there is a resolution. So that brings us to number seven, your worst case scenario when a deal gets stuck. This is the buyer-seller standoff. I know you're having problems with your allergies. You want to go through all these points or tell them to go to the pod or go to the notes and read them? Um, let's just finish number seven and then they can read the rest. Okay. Okay. So worst case scenario when your deal gets stuck, buyer doesn't want to do something, seller doesn't want to do something. You, uh, so first resolution, use some of your processing fee kitty to pay for repairs. Now that's advanced coaching. Ask the coaches uh, what this is. If you need help, 
Next thing is, we talked about this, buy a home warranty for the buyer if it's not already in place because, you know, that was a previous point. Hold on. I got to go back to your first point because if someone has no (laughs) idea what the hell you're talking about, you're now telling them to use a kitty to pay for repairs. That sounds very strange (laughs) and certainly not something that our friends at the Humane Society would appreciate. (laughs) Don't make a cat pay. Yeah, exactly. So what she's talking about is basically you should be charging processing fees on all your deals. Um, You know, depending on your market, we have people that are charging $1,500 in addition to normal commissions. That's on the buyer buyer and seller side. Um, Again, this is something you'll learn more about in Premier Coaching. But you can use some of that (laughs) money versus kitty, Julie, as your way of essentially paying for some of these repairs, thus saving your commission. Yes. uh, We talked about getting a warranty for the property. If you don't have it as seller's coverage, the seller can then pay for a home warranty in some cases, especially if it's minor plumbing and electrical things. And maybe the furnace is old, but it still works. Just say, okay, the seller is going to pay for a $500 home warranty. That's our contribution to resolving your worries. And a lot of times that's going to be acceptable depending on the situation. Okay, you talked about the seller might have to disclose the problems on the new property disclosure form that encourages them to get the the things fixed. And then let's see, I'm not sure why I wrote that part. Okay, so one one more point because I want to wrap this up. The worst, worst case scenario, you guessed it, your buyer or seller expects you to pony up and pay for the repairs. I know it's not your furnace, not your responsibility, right? But it is your deal and you want it to close. So this is where you invoke the dreaded some money is better than no money scenario. If you don't have a backup offer and you're about to lose the deal, consider the following. And I'm not going right to you paying for everything. Let's look at it this way. Chip in versus pay for. Let's say it's a $5,000 repair. Maybe if you offer $500 to help out versus losing a big chunk of your commission that you've worked so hard for. It's a place to start. It shows good faith to get the deal done. Now, here's the problem. I Obviously, sometimes you're going to have to do this, but here's ultimately the problem with this is that if in some cases, because you got to remember, most sellers, most buyers are never in, very, very rarely in situations when they're negotiating large sums of money. So they are just an emotional ball of wax. Yeah. And if they see that you're making, and let's say it's a million dollar property, and let's say you're making $30,000 on that million dollar property sale, they're going to think that somehow you're obligated to help them pay for their leaky toilet, right? Mm-hmm. It's just their emotional disconnect. So there are lots of scripts and lots of techniques that we show you so that you don't end up having to pay for something that's obviously not, it should be a seller's responsibility, starting with, of course, having the house pre-inspected and getting the repairs done. You guys see all these points make sense now? But really what we want you to focus on are like, for example, if you're in that situation and the seller is like, I'm not going to do any of the repairs and I'm just, you you know, the we're just going to burn this deal down and the seller's just a ball of emotion. Nothing logical will work with them. Nothing will work. It's it just they're 100% off in left field. That's in the, those very rare cases you actually have to reach in and maybe offer to cover some of their expenses. Julie's point with offering some amount, it doesn't have to be the whole amount. They're not expecting most cases the whole amount. They're expecting some amount that your contribution is actually an emotional band-aid to their uh, emotional plight. It's a good faith thing. That's all it really is. That's right. Now, that said, if it's possible, get the seller and buyer to just meet in the middle. In our $5,000 scenario, the seller escrows $2,500 towards repairs to be released to the service provider when the receipt is submitted to title. The seller knows it's going to repairs. Sometimes they, sometimes sellers will say, oh, they're, they're just trying to get money out of me. Well, you can escrow it and make sure that it gets paid to a service provider. In other words, if you are in a situation where the seller absolutely positively has to replace the roof and on the you know detached garage or the buyer won't close, 
the seller can take the you know the whatever amount of money it is and Julie said title, but in some states, obviously, it's an attorney, too, whoever does the closings. Mm -hmm. And the money is going to be escrowed. It's going to be set aside. And the buyer will have X amount of time to get that repair done, get the roof replaced. You know, if it's a roof, using as an example, maybe it's 180 days. And on, 180, on the 181st day, if that repair wasn't done, then guess who gets the money? The seller does. So when yeah. it comes to negotiating, in some cases, that's another way of resolving the problem. Because remember, on the other side, let's say you're on the listing side, as we want you to be most cases, um, and the buyer's agent, they could be a ball of emotions. The buyer could be a ball of emotions. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have to replace this roof. It's going to cost $10,000. We know you're going to have to remember that not only are you dealing with your own emotions, not only are you dealing with the emotions of your seller, you also have to take into consideration the most, you know, the, the worst case scenario on the other side of the table as well. And that's another way, a nice way of making it so everyone feels like they're getting a win. You know, maybe the roof doesn't need replaced on the, the detached garage. Maybe the seller is pissed off that they're asking. All those types of things happen. Fine. Scroll away the money. Put it in escrow. If they haven't done the repairs in 90 days, you get that money back. Everyone will agree. Everyone will be happy. Yes, and that's also applies when we have competing estimates and the buyer side is like, oh, it's going to cost 10 grand. And the seller's like, well, last time I replaced something, it was only five grand. And we argue about estimates. So go ahead and escrow the 10 grand. If it comes in less, then the seller gets the money back. They're going to feel a lot better about it. And again, and again, if you're on the listing side and the buyer's agent's experience, they're going to know how to play all these games because they're trying to renegotiate a lower price. 100%. And okay. The, uh, the um, uh, investors, there are fortunately a lot of them are out of the market, but investors are a big part of that. For sure. Now, and this next one, we actually did several times. You can try splitting the repair, again, if we're going to stand off here, instead of you ponying up, which is the, the unskilled agent's resolution, I'll just pay for it to make it close. Well, what if you tried splitting the repair four ways, buyer, seller, agent, agent, to split the costs and keep the playing field even, okay? This makes it so that we now, it, it's like a neutral resolution. We all agree that something needs to happen. It's going to cost five grand. Instead of you saying, here's 5000 out of my commission, you're going to split it 1254 ways. We all agree it needs to be done. We're tired of going back and forth, and we're going to kind of spread the pain around. All right, so let's level off there. Now, Julie is not sharing with you. We're not going to read the point number nine, which is called the Hail Mary Solution, but it is in today's notes. So scroll down and read today's notes on what the Hail Mary Solution is. The real, again, if you're wanting to sort of circle the wagons or on run prevailing thought from today's podcast, just remember this. Get the house pre-inspected. 100%. That is your easy button solution <laughs> that will help. I would say probably 75% of your problems will go away when you do that, with the other 25% being, you know, some kind of major issue that, you know, you probably also could have gotten in front of. But, you know, it's also kind of funny. When you walk into some old house and the cellar, and there's obviously things that need, you know, wires hanging out. There's a raccoon family living in the attic, and we had those things happen. I have a coaching client right now that has a house that hasn't been lived in in two or three years he said the biggest problem is that there are giant spiders everywhere. I kid you not. Not, you know, yeah. Well, and then seller won't have the house pre-inspected. Seriously. And you've explained to them all the reasons why they won't have inspected because otherwise they're going to get stuck with even larger repairs. If, you know, all the scenarios, you, Julie and I just, uh, I think, explained to you fairly well and they still won't do it, it's because they know there's bigger problems and they don't want you to know That's about it. That's probably true. And, and because they know, and this would be, a, for example, if it, this would be a... Uh, like an investor who bought the property as a rental property and they've owned it for a while, they don't want to have the house uh, pre-inspected because they know they'll have to uh, then uh, fill out a property disclosure form. Because if you did not, like Julie and I, uh, we own dozens of rental properties. 
when we put those properties for sale, there's really not a hell of a lot we're going to be able to put on any property disclosure form because we live there. We don't know. Well, and there is a box that says seller has not occupied property in, uh, I think it's two years or more. Right. So in those particular scenarios, we don't have to do in a property disclosure nope. form. But you can see how a, an investor or a longtime landlord might use that to their advantage if they know that there's repairs that need to be done. So keep all these things in consideration. Yes. Now, but one of the ways that we used to get the sellers to actually do the pre-inspection and, and remedy these things is to remind them that, especially if they're going to buy with you, okay? So if you do that up front, you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, are in control of the repair process. You are in control of the estimates, the cost, how you handle it. You have time to handle it versus waiting for the buyer's inspection, where now you're up against the gun. Maybe you're worried about losing their deal entirely. Maybe you're already in contract on buying something yourself, and you've got this massive amount of pressure and a buyer pushing you around, a home inspector pushing you around, a buyer's agent threatening to walk, you're going to feel out of control in that scenario. So let's keep you in control because we know that seller clients love to be in control, right? That's what stresses them out is losing that, that control of the deal. So when you have that conversation, usually they're going to go ahead with the inspection. The second thing I want to say about that is the other reason they don't like doing it sometimes is they don't want to have that cost. They figure that's a buyer's cost paying the home inspector. So here's the thing. Most good home inspectors will do a basic home inspection of all major mechanicals, which is what is appropriate to ask for on a home inspection. You can have them look at the HVAC, the uh, plumbing and electrical, the big items that matter, and then just deal with that. And they, they usually will give you a bit of a discount for that. We should also warn all of you who are wanting to create drama, but in an analytical way. What do I mean? You're not a home inspector. If you start acting like a home inspector, especially on the buyer's agent side of things, uh, maybe you even take a home inspector's course or you've been on a bunch of home mm. inspections. Now all of a sudden you know about roof rafters and you know about and electrical. you want to show off that knowledge, and don't you? Yeah, exactly. You want to show off that knowledge? Well, guess what? You're now liable for what you actually said to that buyer. And if you didn't miss, and the buyer thought, oh, well, you know, Bob, he obviously is very knowledgeable, but see, turns out after the closing, the hot water tank crapped out and Bob didn't, you know, know the hot water tank was going to crap out. So I'm going to call up Bob and threaten to sue him unless he actually decides to, you know, replace my hot water tank. Yeah. Step away from that. It is not worth it. And in some states, it's actually a violation of your license to act like a home inspector is kind of like acting like an attorney. It's in that same category. Right. It's not worth it. It's not your expertise. Stay in your lane. Use a really great home inspector. That's part of the issue. We talked about that a lot. And then just present and be quiet. But again, the most important thing, take care of these things up front before it's an issue. Yeah, that's it. So guys, thank you for keeping this number one list to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Make sure you scroll down. And for those of you who are ready for a broker upgrade, obviously we'd love to have you as a partner with us at eXp Realty. In the meantime, make sure you join Premier Coaching. It is the next natural step for all of you. And the best part is, I think you'll agree, you can join Premier Coaching with no risk because it is free for the first 30 days. So click the link below. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>